Well, hello and welcome to Monday, the day after Stu's birthday, the day of my birthday. I mean, a date that will live in infamy. Uh, and uh, we're, we're glad you're here. We talk a little bit about uh, age and how fast it's going uh, and, and how fast Joe Biden is going, quite honestly. He's uh, slipping in more ways than one, slipping you know, in age and also slipping in the polls. We talk about Biden versus uh, Buttigieg. We talk about the coronavirus, to panic or not to panic, what's happening there. John Miller, who is our White House uh, brief specialist, at the blaze he was in a lot of trouble he's still at least at this hour trending nationally uh, as an incredible racist good thing for him he's black and we've all learned that you can't be racist and black um but he we called him on the carpet for a tweet that is totally understandable if you know the context and of course nobody in hollywood at the oscars cared about the context also rudy giuliani the documents that he produced the documents that we produced last Thursday night. It looks like this is headed forward. And also, if you're listening to this podcast, may I suggest you give Stu Does America a listen today. First day of the podcast. And I hear it's really great. And you can you subscribe can... for free, Glenn. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Stu Does America, wherever you get your podcast, or you could watch it at theblazetv.com or YouTube or, you know. He'll perform. He'll come to your house. He's so desperate. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Glenn. Hey, hey, hey. Hey. How are you? Pretty good. Happy birthday, Glenn. Happy birthday to you. And Glenn's birthday's today. Mine yesterday. Yesterday. It's great. We were we were in the nursery side by side. Mm-hmm. I was still. I don't what, know if I feel comfortable with 20, that. Twenty uh, sitting in that little crib thing, but uh, hey, hmm. nobody came to the hospital to pick me up. So anyway, um, today is a special day uh, because Stu's show premieres tonight. Yes, big deal. Yes, it is. You got the best executive producer ever. Ever. Uh, you know, the name that, of the show is Executive Produced by Glenn Beck. That's what the name of the show is. Really? Now, we've <laughs> we've thrown Stu a bone and said, all right, Stu does America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I'm uh, not necessarily uncomfortable with this presentation because if it bombs really badly, you can be blamed. No, I can just say it's the talent. <laughs> Is, is that what executive talent. producers get to yep. do? Because I've never yep. had that uh, yep. ability. It's the talent. Yeah. I tried. Interesting. I tried. Yeah, he just wouldn't listen to me. I've been executive producer for you for how many years? Uh-huh. And now mm-hmm. you get to turn the tables on that's, me tonight. That's right. That's right. Tonight. Uh, so what time is it air? Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Can't make it. Can't make it. Too late I in the know. day for me. I've already had my ten, my Denny's early meal, like 3.30 in the <laughs> afternoon. Look, well, I'm turning into a senior citizen quickly, I think. We'll tape it before you go to Denny's. Okay, uh, if, will we? if you want, yes. All right, all uh, right. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty excited about that. That's uh, And then you, of course, are turning how old uh, today? It's a f- uh, f- 44. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> 56, which I'm telling you, not good. Not good. You're having I am trouble equal. with this, I am. Yes. I didn't have it at 50. I didn't have it at 40. I did at 40. At 40, I realized I have done nothing with my life. Mm-hmm. Nothing with my life. That's pretty much accurate. Right. 
And uh, then within 10 years, I had two successful television shows. What? 15 number one New York Times bestsellers, uh, national radio program, and uh, and started a, a company called The Blaze. By 50, I wanted to die. So the 50s are my underachieving years, I think, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just kind of like, yeah, I did all that <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> right. So eh, I'm going to. But there's something weird because on my 60th, three years away, all my contracts expire. And I am looking at, you know, I saw Rush Limbaugh and uh, I, I hope he has accomplished his dreams. But my dad is haunting me in my dreams. I'm like having nightmares mm. about my dad all the time, all the time. Because he, he told you your whole life basically that all he wanted to do was eventually get to a place play where golf. he could just go out and play golf yep. and yep. and enjoy a, yep. like a round of golf every day yep. and and he never never did it never did it never why did because it. he got sick or was yeah, it because he was in such his body was in such bad condition from working he did hard you know labor yeah picking just, up just like pounds. his son i mean it's right? the hard labor like hard you. labor mm-hmm. so uh anyway so he you know his body was so broken down by the time he retired that he couldn't do anything. And uh, I'm like, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. You're going to try to get out early? I'm going to try to get out early. No, I'm just going to start doing the things I want to do. Well, because you made an interesting point earlier today that I, uh, that I thought was, was going to haunt you for a while. Because our, your career, well, you got nationally syndicated in radio. People, I don't know if people know this. We were nationally syndicated in radio. We signed the contract in August of 2001. So before September 11th happened... We were supposed to start the radio shows in, in a national form in January 2002. And then they moved it up after September 11th to just launch it early mm-hmm. and just like go, you know, mm-hmm. bootstrap toward a, you know, we just went, went with uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's a big moment in uh-huh, your career, uh-huh. yeah, 2001. Yeah, yeah. Is there any observation about the difference between that time and today? That yeah, it doesn't wanted- seem like a long time ago. Doesn't you- really seem, seems like it's gone pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like really fast. Really fast. Yeah. Because it's 2020, that's 19 years. Uh-huh. Did you do any math? That Nope. Did no math. Really? No, did no math. I can help you with it. So basically, you are equidistant from September 11th and your 75th birthday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I realized that the other day, and I was like, good Lord, I'm dead. I might as well start <laughs> putting myself in the box now. If it, if it goes that fast, and it was my dad's 75th that he was like, starting to really be broken down yeah yeah and, and you know i will say your 75th you could probably run for the democratic nomination you got that going for no, you no i think you have to be 80 now you have to be 80, have to be 80. <laughs> did you <laughs> see did you see uh, bloomberg where he was like what i'm not uh, i'm not as american as uh, pete Buttigieg. i'm older than pete Buttigieg. i've been a been an american a lot longer than pete Buttigieg. In fact, I've been a lot. I, I, I've been an American longer than Joe Biden. That's not something, sh- 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 inside sweetheart. <laughs> That's not something you share. Is he older than Biden? That's what he said. Uh, what was it on Thursday? Is, I did. I did. Had no idea. Is, if yeah. that, is no, that he's a lot like Trump. That they just are. They're just going and going and going. Yeah, because you know Biden looks like he's slipping. You know, B- Bloomberg has not. He, I mean, he's not. He would be a terrible president. Is a horrible human being in a hundred different ways. Oh my god! But gosh. I don't think he doesn't. Horrible. He doesn't feel like he's slipping per se. No, he doesn't feel. He like does that not guy. feel like he's what? He got to be at least seventy nine. How old is he? 
Okay, Bloomberg oh, 77, boobies. Biden 78. But they're basically the same age. I would have guessed early 70s for Bloomberg. Yeah, me too. Me too. No, no Biden, Biden is 77. Biden is 77. We're getting... What did you, are you checking See, this the, is why you need the a good executive Iowa producer. App she's using. <laughs> she, she's, out, she's outsourced the search to Shadow Incorporated. <laughs> okay, well, it's, it's right around the same age. She's trying to calculate age. with okay, birthdays, yeah, yeah. but you okay, get the so. point here. So you're equidistant from September 11th. Mm-hmm. and uh, Joe Biden. I'm just about Joe just a couple of, yeah, thank Basically. you. Basically. Wow. You're halfway there. Wow. And what a great run it's been. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I will Wait say. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'll say this. This is not uh this is m- not as bad as the thing I unfortunately discovered quite recently called the Brimley cocoon line. Are you familiar with this? No, but I don't like oh, it it's already. Terrible. Oh, it's terrible. So basically, it's a it's a Twitter account and all it does is tweet people who cross the Brimley cocoon line. What is the Brimley cocoon line? It's the a- exact age to the day that Wilford Brimley was when Cocoon came out in theaters. And he so, was crossing over to the other side. Right. Like he was like, he was I have to man. go in this alien uh you know pool yeah. so I don't so I can be younger again. And I remember in my head he seeing was that ancient. movie and thinking he was like 152 years old. Like yeah, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean maybe yeah. they played it up. Just be I don't careful know. because I'm still no. gonna be alive. You're probably still gonna be working for me when you hit fifty six. Fifty six? Uh, 56. You're 56. Yeah. So I thought to myself, I would like to see how close Glenn is Thank to the Brimley Cocoon line so I can torture him yeah. when he crosses it. Yeah. And by the time that I cross the Brimley Cocoon uh-huh. line, uh-huh. he'll be so, like, he'll uh-huh. be nine homes uh-huh. deep. Uh-huh. Like, he'll be in all basically yeah. hospice oh, at that yeah, point. So great. I should be fine. Yeah. Uh, so I went and checked on it. Uh, <laughs> Wilford Brimley, when Cocoon came out in theaters, was 18,530 days old. That comes out to not 57, 50.7. You passed the Wilford Brimley <laughs> cocoon line about six years, six years ago. In fact, I, I went back. I'm like, I wonder if they noted when Glenn crossed the line. So I tried to scroll back. It was only created in 2018. Shut so up. You can't even go back Shut to the time up. that you crossed the Shut up. Like a cocoon line. Shut up. <laughs> and these are terrifying. Just <laughs> remember that I was about 40 something when I got my first real network show. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. You're 44. Right. And I'm on your but network. I, so, right. I mean, I didn't get that yet either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I had producers. That liked me. That's true. Yeah. And and I do not, apparently. Yeah, apparently not. Let me give you a it's couple of these, It's getting worse though. and worse. This is the Brimley Cocoon line. These are some of the, the recent people who have just crossed the line. Mm-hmm. Think about what Wilford Brimley in the movie Cocoon felt like when that movie came out. Um, Tracy Gold from Growing Pains. She was the teenage daughter in Growing Pains. She just crossed the line. Tucker Carlson just crossed the line. He Tucker Carlson is older than Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. He does not look it. It does. Yeah, it, it doesn't. I, I think. Say. I think my hair does not help. No, it probably yeah. doesn't. But I can't. You can't. I can't color it. I can't. I wouldn't want to in the first place. But it's like you know, you got a hair of of white hair. You just how come that worked for Richard Gere and it doesn't work for me? <laughs> right. Oh, there's how so come many. It works for so many people. <laughs> I can't even. I mean, we don't have 
that long of a show. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Man, you uh, are in you're in deep trouble tonight. Uh, watch the. Um, Okay, so can we talk a little bit about uh, Joe Biden and his slippage? Uh, I think that Joe Biden, if he doesn't, if he comes in fourth or fifth in New Hampshire, what is he? What is he ranking now? Fourth? Yeah, he is fourth in most of the most recent polls. Okay, so if he comes in fourth or fifth in New Hampshire, and it shows him there hasn't been a single poll out in South Carolina since the Iowa caucus. Mm-hmm. If those internal polls show him polling at third or fourth, I think he drops out. I think there's a good chance if New Hampshire comes through, particularly if Klobuchar passes him, if he finishes fifth in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. how does he go on? Because these these polls are going to change in a big way. He's not raising any money. There's no momentum. He wasn't raising there's money no, when he was the leader. Right. There's no momentum. There's not. This well, is, uh, wow. What? <laughs> There needs to be momentum. I like the term too much. Yeah, but yes, you're right. Know, there's not. There's no. There's no momentum. Uh, the recent, the most recent poll, which is from, yeah, before really any of this. Uh, yeah, stuff this came is all out. changing. Iowa, Iowa, and New Hampshire will change all of that. So Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. uh, it was a dead heat statistical tie. Really, they're giving it to uh, Pete Buttigieg. Um, but, Although he won, you know, it's, it should be noted. And I, you know, if it. Sanders won both measures of the popular vote. So he got more votes in the state mm-hmm. by both measures. Mm-hmm. He just, the way they assigned delegates, it was sort of a, mm-hmm. a situation, you know, the same type of thing that happens with the electoral college in a weird way. Although their process was much more screwed up than the yeah. electoral college ever was. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Um, Pete Buttigieg. I mean, that's a pretty weird name. It's almost foreign sounding. Uh, I think even more foreign sounding than even like uh, Barack Obama, because we were, you know, what is Barack it? Hussein, uh, Hussein Obama. We knew that we those, knew na- <laughs> those names were in our life all the time. Mm-hmm. And we were told during the Obama administration that we fear st- strange foreign sounding names. Mm-hmm. I think Buttigieg is more strange and foreign than um, uh, Barack Hussein Obama. You kind of know where, you know. Where, where that where that name's coming from? Buddha Judge? No idea. That's true. I, I have. I don't even have a guess. Where is yeah. it? Where is it from? I don't, I Do don't know? know. But someplace What's foreign. The, let's let, see if we get the shadow app. Will uh, shadow links app? Poles, Czechoslovakian, Buddha Judge. Hmm. Yeah, that's gonna sound. I like have that. no idea. Nor do I care. And nor did I care for Barack Obama either. No, you're out. supposed to. I know. I, we to fear a, a foreign-sounding name. I feared the guy who kept saying he wanted to massively uh, expand our yeah. government control of our economy yeah. and fundamentally transform the United States of America, and who today yeah. is being called by the Washington Post a centrist candidate uh, in comparison to what they're running. Now, the, well, the headline of the story is, uh, uh, let's see, where is it? No, no, Pete Buttigieg and uh, Joe Biden are not centrists from the Washington Post is telling you this. What the hell? What do you think that's all about? It's just what it is, is it's true. I, I, I don't well, know why they're telling the it to time? us. But when's the last time the Washington Post said anything true? And they're comparing, they're comparing, uh, they're comparing, um, they're Buttigieg and um, uh, Biden to just the stuff Obama was proposing. It's so far to the left of that. 
And again, I never considered Biden a centrist. Remember, no. he was one of the most. Him they and was, Biden were the more like one and two most liberal yeah. senators in the Senate yeah, when they he ran. and Obama. And and Excuse you know. Me, yeah. And by the way, Obama is not a centrist either. Can we just point out that yesterday in the Oscars, uh, what a surprise! Barack Obama got an Oscar. His new series that they wow. paid him a whole bunch of money for, I think a hundred million dollars at Netflix. What a surprise! He got an Oscar. And the director of this documentary that he made, which was about the American factory, um, got up and said, hey, we just we made this because we have a fundamental belief that the world will be a better place when the workers of the world unite. Incredible. So, yeah, he's totally a centrist. Just come out and blurt it out. Yeah, I mean, that blurt is out. Marx. Now, do you remember when? Yes. Do you remember when yes. they would get mad at us yes. for calling them socialists? Yes. That's one of the things we're going to do on Stu Does America tonight with Bernie. Because it's like, do you? Re- this is not long ago. We're just, a f- just very recently. We were, there were articles and, and all sorts of things saying w- what a smear it was to call a Democrat a socialist. They've been, these Republicans have been trying this forever. And it's not true. It's obviously not true. It's just a smear. And you know what? There's hints of racism behind it all over the place. Now they're like, oh, yeah, the socialist. Yeah, he's our front runner. It's crazy. Just blurry. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Crazy. By the way, Buttigieg, Maltese. Maltese. That's what I was thinking. And Maltese. I was like, Maltese. Where is that? And I so I googled Maltese. All it is is the pictures of the pretty dogs, the adorable dogs. <laughs> he's a, he's a little adorable he's, puppy dog. He is half dog, half person. I think so. That I think is there's weird. A... I'm uncomfortable with that. I'm very uncomfortable. How much of the falcon <laughs> you know, is he? They do. They do run polls, and they say I think it's forty-one percent of African Americans are uncomfortable having a gay president. But how many are uncomfortable having a half man, half dog president? <laughs> right. It's got to be higher than that. It's got to be. It's got to be in the eighties. It's got to be low. You 80s. would think in the old days it would have been in a hundred, <laughs> you know, hundred percent, right. maybe ninety-nine with one percent like undecided. But now. Half dog people can just run for president higgledy piggledy and nobody cares. That America, that's the state of our union today. <laughs> why didn't why didn't Trump put that in the speech? The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. The host of White House Brief is uh, John Miller, and uh, John was hmm. was watching the Oscars last night, <laughs> and uh, I think it was his first day with Twitter, uh, and made a uh, made a comment that John, 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 hi, Glenn. Hi. How long have we known each other? Uh, about 10 years, right? Right. What is your grade? What was your grade point average at Columbia University? It was it was right. It wasn't a four. It was it was it was uh-huh. close to it was a uh-huh. three seven around. Right. Right. So you're not a dummy. No. Right. Uh, what part but- of Twitter is too complicated <laughs> for you? <laughs> it's not the matter. It's not. It's okay. If you're looking for insightful comments and, you know, uh, and well thought out commentary, Twitter is not the place for you. And when you're live tweeting an event like the Super Bowl or the Oscars, um, sometimes, you know, you uh, you don't phrase things as as uh, eloquently as you would like. No, I don't think this one is not eloquent. <laughs> I think well, I, this is I mean, 
I'm going to get I'm, I'm I'm going to defend you here in a second, but this is one of the dumbest tweets I've ever seen because okay, it's look. like you read it and you're like, oh, "What? Read the oh. read the non-eloquent tweet here." Mm, yeah, okay. Do you do you have it? I, I got to pull it up here. John, you probably have it memorized by now. <laughs> I I don't that it's uh but I do have it in my uh notifications. All right, yeah, okay. Oh. Hey, here we go. Here we go. A man named Bong John uh, Jun Ho was uh, wins the Oscar for best original screenplay over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 1917. Acceptance speech was great honor, thank you. Then he proceeds to give the rest of his speech in Korean. These people are the destruction of America. Dang, now, well, if you read, okay, if you're well, reading I stand by the tweet up until that last line, right, which right. was was badly written. First yeah. of all, let me just say, but let me just say, uh, the it was interpreted, and I can see how it was interpreted that way. But the interpretation was that I meant Koreans mm-hmm. uh, will be the mm-hmm. downfall of America, which yeah. would have worked in like that 1952 right, on the media. But been. yeah, right. I, I've that never heard. I've never heard a lot of anti-Korean monologues from John Miller in the past. <laughs> right. I don't see. Yeah. So I did not mean that Koreans would be the downfall of America. And you know, you can't let the the tweet sit in a vacuum, which I, I know is hard on Twitter, but. If you look, there's a theme to my tweets, which the whole night I was complaining about, you know, the, the Oscars so woke problem. And, uh, and I saw this foreign film, which, frankly, I thought was okay, not great. Oh, John, uh, your taste just, is all in your mouth. That was brilliant. <laughs> as just another manifestation. I saw that as another manifestation of that. I mean, I mean, I was complaining about how there was not a single speech that had been given that was political. You know, the thing started with Janelle Monet. She's complaining about the lack of female directors and how she's so happy to be a, a black queer woman there. Chris Rock and um, and what's this? Uh, Steve Martin. The white Steve Martin. Talking the about white. Look, you racist. White hair. White hair. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, John is a black man, and we yeah. all know because we've been drilled on this. Black men cannot be racist. So. That's what I thought, but that's where you'd be wrong because yeah. I'm the most racist man on Twitter now. Yeah, uh, and then you know you got Brad Pitt talking about Bolton. They love Bolton now, which I think is hilarious. They think he's the best, and how he didn't get his 45 seconds to talk about um, about the Trump situation. And then you just and then you had Obama Netflix documentary producer that person quoting the Communist Manifesto in the speech. Um, crazy. And then you know so I'm talking about all of that, and then you have the screenplay go to a, a foreign film or you know it's now it's international film. Um, which I thought was undeserving. You know, I saw Parasite. I, I did fall asleep. Um, oh, John, 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 John. <laughs> and John, I was not John. impressed with it as I, as much as I was some of the other films. So that was my thought process. And then I, uh, you know, I'm live tweeting the event. And mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you just, your, your hatred for Koreans just it, jumps that's out. That's when that crept in. That's when yeah. that crept in. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, we should have won the <laughs> Korean War. If you watch my, uh, yeah, if you watch my show, that's that's one of the bigger themes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your anti-Korean stance is pretty well known. I mean, when you, John, when you look at the, the context of your tweets, it describes exactly what you're saying, right? Like, I, there's, I don't think anybody could read the tweets around uh, this tweet and, yeah, but and possibly believe it was it yeah, was about Koreans. Right. Yeah. But that is nobody the problem does. with Twitter. When, I think John Legend and his wife uh, Chrissy Teigen. Yes. You know when they quote tweet you, um, the context kind of gets taken away, um, <laughs> and uh, and then Hollywood starts going after you like a bunch. But of we always heard people. we always heard that racism really was about a power dynamic. Uh, Chrissy no. Teigen and John Le- uh, John Legend aren't they more powerful than you? 
they are, uh, you would mm. think that they would recognize that. And that's what we have been told is that it, it's, you know, black people can't be racist because in order to be racist, you have to be powerful. the underdog. Yes. Right, excuse me. Yeah, you, you can't be the underdog and be racist. You have to be powerful. You have to be the one who is oppressing and has been oppressing for hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, all of a sudden that switches, though, when Hollywood gets involved. Yeah, it's interesting. You as a, a young African-American gentleman uh, building his own business after graduating from Columbia, you are apparently uh, the racist, and Chrissy Teigen right. and every every other woke white person who has been bashing you on Twitter, those people are not. And I, it's it is a fascinating dynamic, John. Because, I mean, look, you can. This is an easy thing to do, and I think this is the biggest problem with Twitter. More than catching someone saying something bad, people try to catch people in the position where they can they can uh, like they can actually say they believe it's bad, even if they know it's not, right? Like, if they can, you know, in a way, sort of, like, communicate to the rest of the world that I I, I believe this is terrible, whether they believe it or not, I- even if they know if they read the other tweets, they'd probably be able to figure out that that is not what you were saying. Mm-hmm. But if you can convince the rest of your audience uh, in some sort of uh, uh, a way that can explain and, and, and bring through uh, the people to believe that that is what you meant. That's enough on Twitter. Correct. Correct. And, you know, the, in, the fascinating thing is that in the replies, you have all of these people who are, you know, they come at you with the normal um, slurs, which they always do, uh, you know, they use towards black conservatives, Uncle Tom, Kuhn, House Negro, etc. Mm. Um, and, and you have all these people who are supposed to be showing how tolerant they are and how much of a racist I am and how terrible of a person I am. Here's what Chrissy Teigen tweeted at me just to show how lovely of an individual she is compared to how uh, grotesque of an individual I am. She wrote, what a dumb effing tool you are. Your family is embarrassed because she apparently knows my family. She says, at gatherings, they are literally like, how's John doing that dumb little F word tool? And everybody goes, yeah, we don't care. He's an effing dumb uh, S word. And then she said, come say hi if you're out tonight, because apparently, um, you know, these people in Hollywood think that everybody uh, lives in L.A. and goes out with them at night. <laughs> and she, she was hoping to see me. I didn't get a chance to see her. Oh, that would have been nice. I would have actually liked yeah. to see that conversation. Yeah, go down. that would have been really <laughs> sweet. Blurting out two syllable words at max. Uh, I, I, I do under because yeah, that's a great point. I mean, here she is just berating you as not only racist, but stupid again. Right. Like you, you know, you and the powerful white woman. Well, right. she, what is she, she, went, uh, she might be a mix of some sort, but I'm not sure she's not. I, but oh look, my I'm gosh. fully black. And so she, uh, you know, so she has the power dynamic over me still. Is that true? I don't I don't know what the uh, the, the intersectional Olympics say about such a matter. We need to make bring this to the judges. If she's any part white. OK. Done. OK, there we go. And her husband, too. Legend was doing it as well. Right. Or boyfriend, whatever he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, you were trending. You're still trending. Night. You're still trending nationally. Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'd like to be trending for other things than, but you know, look, I'll take other it than your hatred for all Koreans. <laughs> Koreans, Koreans right. such a odd hatred to pick <laughs> up in the year 2020. I, it's just John, 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 John. What are you thinking? Remember all the Korean restaurants we went to in the past? I love Korean food. You were always there, going, "I will not go in there with you." <laughs> Those people are destroying hatred. It's deep seated. Yeah, yeah. No, it is deep seated Mm -hmm. hatred. Deep seated Mm -hmm. hatred. Thank you for bringing that up. So, what have you learned about this, uh, John? Will you be live tweeting future awards shows? 
Well, here's the hard thing about live tweeting is that, you know, you're trying to get out something very interesting to say about these things. Everybody does it, first of all. Mm -hmm. But you're trying to say something interesting while trying not to miss the next crazy thing that is said. So you're kind of just like, ah, that looks good enough to me. Hit send. Mm -hmm. And usually it doesn't result in being a nationally trending story. Usually it just results in, like, you know, maybe a few people grumble about it. Um, So this kind of changes my perspective on it a bit. You know, sometimes you do have to proofread and sometimes you do have to just not hit send. So I have to figure out how to uh, not how to, hit send. I could cut your thumbs off. How to maybe read how to maybe read the tweet over and and just you know finesse it a bit. You know they say everybody needs an editor. <laughs> you know what's amazing is you get this rap for being this flamethrower and you know now racist against all Koreans, uh, and you yeah. are. You've always been one of the most soft-spoken, non-confrontational kind of guys, and all of a sudden you're you're like, "Yeah, Chrissy, bring it on!" <laughs> I don't know if I'd confront her in person. That's the thing. I think you know if I saw her in person, because you know they get vicious, and especially in Hollywood, and you know they've got TMZ there, and they feel empowered, and so uh, you know in person it might not be a, you know, I might I might be respectful, I might be nicer, but Twitter's a different animal. Uh, and that's probably, to be quite frank, the uh, problem with Twitter is that it just lets everybody, you know, I doubt Chrissy Teigen would say any of that to my face. No. Um, so it just lets every it just lets everybody say whatever they want, um, you know, as aggressively as they want it. Uh, and, you know, the, the problem is that's part of what makes Twitter fun. Uh, but it's also part of the part of Twitter that brings out the worst in us. Yeah. Okay, can you imagine like in all seriousness, reverse this for just a second. If you had a uh, a conservative celebrity. Right uh, out there, and just someone makes a tweet. Let's just say, like one of these uh, far left black uh, nationalist type of uh, people they have on MSNBC all the time, and tweeted something super, super uh, crazy about that. And the white conservative was was critical of this crazy liberal opinion and used language like Chrissy Teigen used, which is despicable in every single way. The story would be totally reversed. And the conservative would be the one in trouble today. Oh, absolutely. And is there any doubt in anyone's mind that that's, that would no. be true? No, none. No, it, we have to play by different rules. And I mean, yeah, we have to be aware of those rules. But uh, I, I mean, conservatives have always had to play by a different set of rules. And, uh, and, and that's just that that is just a reality. Um, and to a certain extent, we've accepted those rules, haven't we? We've we've said we don't get to we don't get the same luxuries as the left does in being understood. We're not able to, you know, have people come to our defense and say, well, no, you've got to look at the context, you've got to look at everything. Um, and in a certain way, we've kind of just said, well, these are the rules we have to play by. And in a way, we've 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 lost in that sense where we've totally um, broken down and said. Um, well, we're going to play by those rules because we still, to a certain extent, want to be, you know, a part of the club, and we still want to be accepted by, um, you know, whether it's Hollywood or the political elite here in D.C. We've said, you know, we want them to a certain extent to accept us and to not disparage us, and we're going to accept some of their rules, not all of them, maybe, but we're going to accept some of their rules so that they can accept us as legitimate and so that we can have credibility and so that they can see us as, you know, as not. Uh, a wingnut and completely crazy. So to a certain extent, I believe on that front we've lost because they don't give a crap. They'll say whatever kind of crazy crap they want and they'll get away with it. We've acknowledged we're not going to get away with it. And so we have to 
we, we have to be a little more careful. Mm-hmm. Well, I've learned a couple of things. Um, I didn't go to college, and even I'm better at Twitter than you are. <laughs> oh, you've uh, never uh, had a Twitter. Okay. Glenn's okay. never, never had a Twitter controversy, no, John. Never. Don't worry about it. John, never. Now, I've, now I'm going through, Glenn, your old tweets. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> a never. I know never there's something. Are you no, never there's <laughs> never been a problem with me. Uh, and the second is I've discovered that America suddenly cares that uh, Chrissy Teigen can speak. Mm. Which, yes. who knew? Mm. Who cared? With a lot of F-bombs and yeah. you know, other yes. four right. words. But it's, you know, she can get them out. Yeah, thanks thanks so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> I believe last time we heard from Chrissy Teigen, she invited you to, to lunch or something. Remember, that was going to happen at one point. What? You don't remember? She was in some another previous thing with you. I don't remember exactly what the story was, but she was... She, I think it was a Rolling Stone interview, and she wrote that, who do you want to go to lunch with more oh, than yeah, anyone that's else? Right. That's right. You. But that's... That's when she just saw me as a piece of meat, and I was not yeah. going to be her plaything. It was all about sex appeal. And at, it at that was point. all. Yeah. It was like, uh, no, Chrissy, no, no. Yeah. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. So I want to play some audio from Rudy Giuliani. He was on uh, Waters World on Fox on uh, Saturday night, and here is what he said. I have what I used to call when I was U.S. attorney a smoking gun. This is a uh, money laundering transaction. It occurred just at the time that Shokin was fired, and it's uh, about $14.6 million. And it, this is a notice from the Latvian government to, to, to the Ukrainian government that Hunter Biden is under investigation for corruption, corruption okay. affair. And then it lays out, I'll simplify it, uh, 14.8 million goes from Ukraine to a company in Latvia mm-hmm. disguised as a loan. Then it goes from Latvia to another company disguised as another loan in, in uh, Cyprus. And then it goes to the U.S. We lose track of it because when Shokin gets it, just about the day he's fired, there's no money in here for Devin Archer and, and Hunter Biden. So this is the document that I showed you uh, last week. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is releasing this now. We released this last week. This went to Senator Grassley's office. Uh, what was it on Friday morning? Um, and they are investigating Hunter Biden now for money laundering. This is the prosecutor's office from the Republic of Latvia, Office for Prevention of Laundering of Proceeds Derived from Criminal Activity. Uh, This was sent to the Ukrainian FIU, that's the Financial um, Intelligence Unit. Uh, The subject is Burisma Holding Limited. Let me just read it to you. Um, It says, Dear colleagues, the Office for Prevention of Laundering of Proceeds Derived from Criminal Activity further in text, the Latvian FIU, is currently investigating suspicious activity of Burisma Holding Limited. According to publicly available information, Burisma Holding Limited and its director, Hunter Biden, are involved in a corruption affair. 
the following transactions made to Burisma Holding Limited uh, account as Pravat Bank are known to the Latvian FIU from July of 2012 until July of 2015. Now, by the way, this memo was issued before Trump was in office. Uh, $14,665,982 dollars and 336,015 euros were received from WireLogic Technology as payments for a loan agreement. Now, if you watch the show on Thursday night, you you realize that loans are the way this happens. You loan somebody, you know, a, bun- a bunch of money. They make payments on that loan. It's all in dirty money. Then they default on the rest of the loan. The person who's been cleaning the money says, okay, well, we're going to cut our losses here. And we'll send you back your million dollars, if you will. Um, but we're going we're gonna to keep 10% of it because that's our fee for such a hard time doing business with you. So loans are the way money laundering happens. So the first one is $14 million, just almost, almost $15 million dollars. Uh, from WireLogic Technology, uh, then from July 2015 till December 2015, a total of $1,964,375 were received from Digitech Organization as payments for other loan agreements. The funds were partially transferred from Burisma Holding Limited account to Devin Archer, Hunter Biden, Alan Apter and Alexander Kwanuski, I think. Uh, See attached for partial movement of funds. The Latvian uh, FIU turns to the Ukrainian FIU and kindly asks for the following information. Are the mentioned companies known to the Ukrainian FIU? If so, for what reason? Please confirm if any of these persons are suspected of corruption or any other criminal offense and if criminal proceedings have been initiated. Is there any information that the funds transferred to Burisma Holding Limited account have criminal origin? No, they had an origin of us. On the grounds of possible legalization of proceeds derived from criminal activity and corruption, please grant us permission to share the information included in the reply to this request with Latvian law enforcement entities uh, for intelligence use purposes only. That's the whole memo. That's what it says. Uh, Post this at glenbeck.com. But this is what Rudy Giuliani says is the smoking gun. Jason Buttrill is with us, and uh, Jason has been on this particular document since we got it in December. Can I just put the timeline in context? Yes. So that is, what's it say? It's February 20... This comes out February 18th, 2016. Okay. So this is sent at a time when the left and the media has told everyone, all of you, that there was no investigation going on at the time with Burisma. Mm-hmm. So firing the J- prosecutor general, Biden getting him fired, had nothing at all to do with the investigation because it was dormant. You know, we've heard right. that all over the place. It was right. dormant. Right. Now, that memo was sent just a couple of weeks after we have shown you and the Ukrainian media that that is false. That Shokin, the prosecutor general, initiated, started seizing the property of Burisma. Started seizing it. And he said in an interview that his very next move was to interview very specifically Devin Archer and Hunter Biden Jr. Okay, so this 
memo comes out before he files that nope, court move after after that's the latvian government saying oh there's this case look what we found is Correct. would this be interesting to you right and then biden comes just a couple of weeks later does he not yes and gets him fired and gets him fired so the media is shown by this document as being total and complete liars that there was nothing going on. Everyone had looked into it. There was nothing. This was a bad prosecutor. We told you on Thursday that's not true because of this document. This document in place with the prosecutor general in Ukraine, him, his paperwork, which we have also shown you, filing court proceedings to go after Burisma for money laundering and corruption— then this document, then two weeks later, Joe Biden comes in and gets that guy fired. Right. Now, tell me that there was nothing going on. Tell me that this was a dormant investigation. It clearly wasn't. This is a case that, which you pointed out on the special, that they had been on since 2014 money laundering from Burisma. They knew money was getting put into Burisma and it was just going poof and it was all coming through Privat Bank which it sh- says in that document as well. And by the way, when we're talking money, your money, your money, uh, 1.8 billion dollars of your hard-earned tax money gone, just disappeared. And now most of that money goes to shell companies which we cannot track. That's why this is so crucial. Because most of the time it goes to a random shell company in Belize or Cyprus or whatever. Now we have a firm destination that's not a shell company. And it's a U.S. citizen. Laundered funds went to Hunter Biden as per this document. So now now do you see why this is so important for us to look into him? It has nothing to do with politics. We now have the end point for some of this laundered money that might be our $1.8 missing billion. And it goes directly to Hunter Biden. If it's not our part of our $1.8 billion, this is the system they've used to right. to launder our $1.8 billion. It is not as important to make sure that Hunter Biden is arrested for this and maybe Joe Biden or anyone else involved. It's, to me, more important that we find out what happened to that $1.8 because it explains a lot. It explains... Um, the entire Russian relationship right now, I believe that the federal government could verify that there was a secret war that was authorized by Barack Obama against Russia. He didn't want anything to do with Russia. He wasn't for wars. That's not his style. A million miles away. But Hillary Clinton and the State Department, they knew what that meant when the, when the Maidan was happening and the revolution was coming. If the United States didn't stand with Russia, or didn't stand with Ukraine, Russia could have crippled them. But if you have a president who doesn't want anything to do with that, what do you do? Joe Kerry, uh, John Kerry, um, actually confirmed while on the campaign trail uh, in Iowa for for Joe Biden. Do we still have that clip from last week where he is confirming that, yeah, this was known from the top. And it's interesting because what he says was we had to get that prosecutor out, not because he was corrupt, but because because we had to win the war 
of Maidan, which is the name of their revolution. We had to win the war. Ukrainians had to win this war. Listen. I will tell you, because as Secretary of State, I was deeply involved in this. All of us in the administration were trying to get rid of that prosecutor. From Obama to the Secretary of State to the Vice President, all of us were working on that. The ambassador and and we knew if Ukraine was going to survive and win the revolution in the end, the Maidan, mm. they had to get rid of that prosecutor, and they did. Why? Why would they have to get rid of that prosecutor? Why would they have to protect something that they had the documentation on that was in a major international money laundering scheme and that that Hunter Biden was specifically involved and named by a foreign country as a recipient of some of this foreign money laundered money. It doesn't make any sense. And even more so in the context of this prosecutor hadn't even been on the job for a year yet. Not even a year. They try to make Shokin out to be this crazy bad guy that was he was there for, I think, 10 months at this point. 10 months. Like, how many cases could he even looked in at that point? The other prosecutor that was, uh, that I think everyone conflates with Shokin, he was the guy that wouldn't look into a lot of a lot of cases. And so they got him fired from the get-go. That was right after the revolution, the Maidan, mm-hmm. this, this one prosecutor. And the because the one thing the Ukrainian Shokin. people want is a cleanup of the corruption. They know the corruption is what's killing their country. And wasn't Shokin initially... Obama's like chosen oh, yeah. replacement yes. for the corruption. Yeah, they're, they're, we've had two of mm. good guys yeah. that became prosecutor generals. The first one was Shokin, and he was like, get, "Get rid of that one guy because he won't investigate some of these things." This was back in 2014, so Shokin goes in. Then he's literally on for a handful of months, and oh my gosh, sudden, somehow he became this crazy guy. Mm. We have to get rid of because mm. of the quoting John Kerry. We had to get rid of him if we were going to win the revolution. What does that even mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? Unless you're laundering money and you are using the, the main recipient, Kolomoisky, who we've told you about, is, is far worse, far worse than Tony Soprano. This is the guy who executes his rivals with a chainsaw to the neck. He beheads with chainsaws. Why did we, at the same time, we're getting this from Latvia saying, hey, they're laundering money. Why, at the same time, is Joe Biden saying, you know what, give him a visa. He's a good guy. He can do international business wherever he wants. His son is working for him. $1.8 billion goes into his bank where it suddenly disappears. Then he's made a governor of the state, one of the states in, uh, in, in Ukraine, that's right at the, uh, the war lines, the battle lines of Russia, where all of it is heating up. And that guy becomes known as the guy who finances the war against Russia. This is really not that hard to figure this out. More in just a second. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.